Hey, y'all, you're listening to It's Been a Minute from NPR. So it's the last week of 2021, and we've been talking a lot this month about what happened in this year of news and pop culture. And for this episode, I want to talk about the year in music. And not just music we loved, but also how the music industry has been changing very quickly. Besides, you know, the pandemic, the rise of TikTok and the continued dominance of streamers like Spotify, it means the music industry looks even more different now than it did at the start of 2021. So I called up my friends Charlie Harding and Nate Sloan. They're the two co-hosts of one of my favorite podcasts, Switched on Pop. And I talked with them both about what changed in the pop landscape of 2021 and what their favorite albums of the year were. I had so much fun talking with them. I hope you have fun listening. Enjoy. How are you guys? Good. Great. We're here to talk about music. We have been talking music and such, gosh, at this point for a few years now. And I'm so happy to hear y'all's thoughts on what's been a really strange year, not just for the whole world, but for music. (laughs) And I think I want you both just to start out by telling me, if you will, what you think was the biggest or biggest few trends in pop music this year. I think one of the biggest trends that we saw this year on the pop charts was something that we've been calling the death of the chorus. That sounds maybe a <laughs> little over sad. dramatic. <laughs> it's it's not. It's a, a, a perhaps hyperbolic way of uh, discussing something which is which is really interesting that's happening in in pop music right now, which is that the the kind of one truism of pop music that your song needs to have a high octane, compelling, catchy chorus section mm-hmm. in order to do well. That seems to be changing. When we listen to artists like Bad Bunny, who for the second year in a row now in 2021 was the most streamed artist globally. When you listen to uh, a Bad Bunny song like Si Vala Tu Mama, you find that there isn't that kind of predictable pop structure where it builds up to like an apex chorus. Instead, he just gives you hook after hook after hook after hook. It's about the the vibe, and it's about keeping a listener's interest for as long as possible. He is a master of this new music streaming economy uh. because streaming has really changed the game in the last few years, and you can really hear it in 2021. Uh, there's a new premium on keeping a listener's attention from huh. the very beginning of a song to the very end. So artists are uh, now trying to grab your ears from like the very first seconds of a track. There's no like slow, long introductions. There's no ramp up to a climactic chorus. They want to grab your ears and keep you listening from beginning to end. Charlie, how do you feel about this? On the one hand, I love when artists can be reactive to the changing ways that people are listening and the kinds of creativity it can inspire. But on the other hand, I think that maybe one of the negative trends or maybe one of the challenging trends that we've seen this year is that we're seeing songs become bigger than artists. Mm. Part of the reason why artists need to keep us so glued into their song is because we're not hearing them in the same way that we used to. More and more people are going to playlists as their main way of listening mm-hmm. to music. And 
This year, I reported a conversation with Lucas Keller. He's the CEO of Milk and Honey. It's one of the biggest artist, producer, songwriter management companies in LA. Uh And what he told me is that streaming is a great way for an artist to be faceless and that the song is becoming bigger than the artist. Meaning you might have a huge hit on TikTok or you might trend way high on a Spotify playlist, but the reality is most people probably aren't even registering your name. (laughs) And so we're having a whole new world of one-hit streaming wonders. I know, you know, it's 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 crazy to hear y'all say that because that has happened to me this year. Uh, I don't know how it happened, but Spotify a few months ago was like, Sam, we think you would like this playlist that we've curated called Modern Psychedelia. And I started playing it, and I love it. And it's like my go-to for road trips. It's my go-to for long walks. It's like I just play that playlist all the time. And uh, there were a few songs from that playlist that I love. I don't know those artists' names. And the only way that <laughs> yeah. I found out these artists' name is because a bunch of the songs from that playlist ended up in my most played songs on Spotify wrapped. Yeah, and, and it's affecting artists all across the board. Like I think about a conversation we had with songwriter Julia Michaels, who is known for her mega hit issues and writes for artists like Selena Gomez and Justin Bieber. Uh, she told me that streaming today is making it such that songwriters are lucky if they're making anything at all. And that if you really want to be a songwriter, like you have to be a TikTok star. You have to be on social media all the time. You have to be a model. I think that musicians are now competing with profanity warning content creators. (laughs) Like I think about an artist like Ty Verdes, who was a TikTok breakout from this year. What was his song? His song, Stuck in the Middle, first broke out on TikTok and became a viral trend. I said, why don't you try me on out? I know you want to be friends. I've heard that song, and I know that I've heard that song on TikTok this year, and I yeah, didn't know that man's name until you told me. <laughs> but, you know, Ty's really smart because he recognizes that one song isn't enough. He was on this whole campaign to put out, like, a song every single month. And oh, wow. eventually one of his songs st- really sticks his track AOK ascends off of TikTok into all the streaming platforms and up the charts so let me play that for yeah, you yeah, yeah. you're gonna know this one okay living in this big blue world with my head up in outer space I know I'll be A-O-A-O-K I know I'll be A-O-A-O-K I like it yeah, I mean, and, but Ty is smart. He recognizes that every single song needs to have not just one TikTok video, but he has like dozens and dozens of videos oh for every single song, recognizing that basically every song is a bottom-up marketing campaign because you probably haven't registered the name unless you started to follow the person and have more and more viral connections to that artist. So what I hear you both saying is that it is really, really, really hard right now to be an emerging pop star. Well, I think it's one of these things where like the old gatekeeping has dissembled and there's more music than ever. I mean, frankly, someone like Ty Verdes, like he got his start, he was working at the Verizon store just making music on the side. That's amazing. And he was really good at telling his story on TikTok and got people's attention. So you have more and more people who are really popping up out of nowhere without the traditional institutional support of the music industry who are then gobbling them up as they become hits. And on the other hand, yeah, I mean, there's just so much material that it is extremely hard to get noticed. Coming up, more on how TikTok shapes what we hear. 
Stick around. One of the things that has surprised me with TikTok this year has been the unexpected viral success of a Willow Smith song that was actually released a few years yeah. ago. I'm talking about that Caught a Vibe song, Meet mm. Me at Our Spot. Meet me at our spot. Caught a vibe. Oh, yeah. Baby, are you coming for the ride? So I saw it all over TikTok, and I was like, oh, that's so cute. I didn't realize for weeks that it was Willow Smith, the Willow Smith of the Smith family. <laughs> and then I didn't realize for weeks that this song has actually been out there for a while. What does a song like that just kind of pop out of nowhere, it seems, on TikTok, say about what TikTok is doing to music? I think one of the most exciting things about TikTok is that it does find pieces of culture that might have been forgotten. The question is whether or not one trending moment will sustain a career. I think of someone like Trevor Daniel, whose song Falling came out in 2018 to no success until until only more recently it became a TikTok meme. Which one is that? Sing the chorus. Mm. I'll play it for you. (laughs) That's been out for a few years. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And this gets picked up on Spotify playlists like Chill Hits and Beast Mode. It gets billions of plays on Spotify. But, you know, his follow-up, the song Past Life with Selena Gomez and Phineas. It does about 10% the size of streaming as uh, Falling did. So... A great example, you know, you can pop up on that platform, but sustaining it is extremely challenging. Do you think the marketplace is going to find a way over time to sustain some of this stuff and to monetize it in a way that benefits these artists? It seems like a wild, wild west right now, but are things going to even out and, I don't know, give these folks more money over time? I wish I could say I was optimistic about that. But uh, unfortunately, I think if you look at services like Spotify, which are in- incredible in the in the access that it gives to consumers to like the entire database of recorded music ever, at the same time they've haven't really shown any intention of of, of paying artists uh, a fair uh, a, a fair return for for the music that they're putting on the site. I don't really see that changing, but I, I am somewhat uh, optimistic about the success of, of rival platforms, for instance, Bandcamp, which during the pandemic began uh, these these uh, Bandcamp Fridays where they would give the proceeds of, of every sale on their site to artists. And that's really generated not only uh, a new kind of alternative musical economy, it's like created a whole musical community yeah. around that platform. So I, th- that leaves me like a little bit optimistic that artists will, will still have a chance in the, in the future. Yeah. I will say it is quite interesting in this year of TikTok change in the music industry. The biggest album of the year and the biggest artist of the year is Adele. And she's an artist who, on the release of her latest album, said, I'm not making music for TikTok. She said in an interview, I don't get that. I'm too old for that. She says, I'm making music for my generation, music Mm -hmm. for 30-somethings who have gone to therapy. And (laughs) it's almost this, like two competing tracks someone like adele is big enough to not need to play with the algorithms to succeed but a lot of other artists don't have that luxury 
Yeah, she's a true outlier in in all of the 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 musical and economic trends we've been talking about, Sam. She doesn't stuff her songs with hooks. She takes her time. She has these classic structures with organic instruments and string symphonies. Mama's got a lot to learn. And she almost represents this throwback to another era in the music industry where you where someone could release an album and everyone would be listening to it and people would actually going be going out to stores and buying <laughs> physical copies of it like that doesn't happen anymore but with Adele it does so she is you're absolutely right she is like the the outlier in in all of this uh all of these changes we've been describing yeah, if you want to be outside of our systems of communication, you kind of have to already be the biggest names in the world. It's only folks like Adele or Beyonce who can drop an album with no warning that then becomes the biggest part of conversation. Yeah, yeah. Also, speaking of Adele, um, I love how all of her music is always sounding vintage, but there's a remix of Easy On Me by a producer called Louis LaRoche, and he calls it his 1988 remix. And it has all of the trappings of like 80s R&B. It's so good. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh my god, those 80s tom-toms. Yes. yes. I love it. It is this it is my song of the year. It is my song of the year because <laughs> it just gives me warm, fuzzy feelings. It's like nostalgia on top of nostalgia. Yeah, yeah. It's just delightful. Up next, Charlie and Nate's favorite music from this year. Stay with us. I admire y'all's taste, and I always want to know what you're listening to. Um, I don't care who goes first, but tell me what you enjoyed the most music-wise in 2021. I guess it wouldn't be a surprise to say that the most listened to album in my life was Montero. By Lil Nas X. Yeah. It is made with some of the best beat makers in the business. The producer duo Take a Day Trip. We spoke with them on Switched On Pop about the making of the song Montero, Call Me By Your Name. Call me when you want, call me when you need, call me in the morning, I'll be on the way. What I love about that song, which I think is probably my top played song of the year, is that we all know the story about Lil Nas X being a master marketer who triggers the entire far religious right for his depiction of the devil. But what I love about him is his musicality because he embeds within the song this scale, the Phrygian dominant scale which is often used in Hollywood to evoke otherness Mm. and evil. It has the devil's tritone Mm -hmm. in it. It's often used as, frankly, like kind of a signal of Islamophobia because it's so often used in Arab cultures. And so we hear it, frankly, in like Hollywood bad TV shows when they want to like signal a terrorist is coming on screen. And so I think it's brilliant that Lil Nas X uses this scale which is actually played on a banjo. Which is kind of like a nod to his earlier song, Old Town Road. 
he's showing off that he knows how to evoke our collective consciousness around what we perceive as like quote unquote dangerous yeah. music yeah. that matches up with the message of the song. And it's those kind of moments where the music and the lyric connect that I'm just like, dang. Well, and on top of all of that, he has all of that messaging almost subliminally and it's still a bop. It is still incredibly yeah. catchy. That's hard to do. I think that track in this album, like Charlie was saying, shows that he's not just kind of this uh, the ma- the master of virality. He's a really creative and innovative musician as well. All right, Nate, what's your pick? Your best favorite music of the year? All right, I'm going to throw down with An Evening with Silk Sonic. <sighs> yeah. This is the, can I call it a super group? Oh, yeah. Anderson Pac, Bruno Mars. And the whole album is is sort of narrated or hosted, if you will, by legendary P-Funk bassist Bootsy Collins. This could have been just an exercise in kind of retro sounds and throwback nostalgia, but it's something more than that. When you listen to the lead single from the album, Leave the Door Open, you hear these classic harmonies that are borrowed from 70s Philly soul. But then at the same time, you have these modern touches, the uh, Anderson Pock's highly contemporary hip-hop flow and song lyrics that sound both timeless and utterly in the present. If you smoke, what you smoke? I got the haze. And if you're hungry, girl, I got the So I think this album is, is such a success because it's not just kind of paying homage to the past. It's yanking the past into the present, and it's so much fun to listen to. Yeah, and what I love about that album, I've been playing it to death, it is an album full of lyrics about relationships and sex, but it mm. is cheesy and corny in this way that is almost asexual, <laughs> which makes me love it even more. Definitely. I totally agree, Sam. It's the first album that I've listened to in a long time where I've actually kind of like laughed out loud or, or at least chuckled when I'm listening to the lyrics because <laughs> some of the rhymes and some of the references you're talking about are so surprising and such a different way about talking about love and sex. I can smell your sweet That it just like, I'm just like smiling, you know, walking down the street, listening to it. And people are probably looking at me like, what is that guy's problem? But that's, that's how it makes me feel. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. Can we turn this around and ask you what your pick is for this year? Oh, yeah. I have thought long and hard about it. And I want to use my time talking about my favorite stuff of the year um, and not overlap with um, other colleagues. So my favorite album of the year is clearly Jasmine Sullivan's Hotels. I don't know where I woke up. I keep on pressing my love. I don't know where I woke up. But the fine folks over at NPR Music have named it their album of the year, and they interviewed her all about it. So go over there and check that out. They can speak about her much better than I can. But Jasmine, I love you. But I'm going to say, after Jasmine, my favorite artist of this year is uh, an indie, almost under-the-radar pop star named Remy Wolf. R-E-M-I, Wolf. Oh, Love Remy Wolf. She is just, her music sounds like pop rocks. <laughs> like, it's just, like, it sparkles. Guys, 
It's so energetic. It's frenetic. Like, yeah. she does these things where it's like, it's pop, but really R&B influence. But every song sounds like a party. Like, every song sounds like a party. And there's so much going on. It's so busy. It sounds like, it sounds giddy. Her music is mm-hmm. giddy, you know, but also very musical. And so all of the up-tempo stuff that she's put out, I love. And it gives you this sense of a woman who is just always having fun making music, which I love. Uh, she's had a few EPs, and her full-length album came out this year. And it's mostly full of great, fun, up-tempo stuff. But I think what really makes me love her the most are the ballads. Because she does mm. this thing with her ballads, even when they're talking about stuff that's not fun, like a breakup, they still feel infused with those pop rocks, with that joy. And my favorite song of the year came from her. It is a song called Street That You Live On. And it's beautifully written, full of what feels like teen angst. But even as it's a song about a breakup, it feels and sounds like a song about falling in love because her stuff is just that happy. That is the hook that you want to belt out of your car window and play 27 times in a row driving down the PCH. And it's this song full of these sad lyrics (laughs) about a breakup, but you can't help but smile. It's kind of like the anti-driver's license by Olivia Rodrigo. It's kind of the same story premise of like, well, the opposite, right? It's like I drive down the street, reminisce about our old relationship. This is like, no, 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 I'm avoiding your street. I'm avoiding you. Exactly. But the vibe is also the exact opposite. It has that like happy, sad thing where the groove is, yeah, it's like that's driving with the top down music. But the lyrics are so bittersweet. The lyrics just feel so youthful. So like there is a Mm. section in the second verse. She says, I'm a feral cat. And delivered by anyone else, you'd be like, this is ridiculous. But she believes it and you just feel it. I love her. Yeah. She sings it like she means it. And her vocal range is crazy. I love how she dips down to those low notes. I mean, like her range you speak of, like that verse construction is so beautiful, but you don't realize until you hear it a few times. The range of just the verse is like an octave and a half. Yeah, massive. She's really moving vocally. Mm. So yeah, that's my favorite pick of the year. Her album, all of her EPs, every song she makes, Remy Wolf, the queen. I look forward to the interview on uh, It's Been a Minute. I sure hope so. I sure hope so. Uh, So this episode is running at the very tail end of 2021. So to close, I want to ask you both to give me and our listeners some advice. What is the ideal best song to play right at the new year to bring in, on a good note, 2022? Mm. I love that question. I'm going to have to pick a song that I heard one New Year's many moons ago at a warehouse party in Brooklyn at midnight, a giant tray of champagne glasses descended from the ceiling. The strobe lights went off. Everyone went nuts. And the song that they played was Once in a Lifetime by the Talking Heads. Okay. To this day, that song just makes me think of, of possibility, of, of, of renewal, and of just celebrating 
celebrating life. So I'm going to go with talking heads once in a lifetime. I love it. I guess you could say then if you're not feeling that positivity, you could just play burning down the house. So either way. (laughs) Thanks again to my guests, Charlie Harding and Nate Sloan. They are the co-hosts of the podcast Switched on Pop. One of my favorite shows. One of the best shows out there. Find it wherever you get your podcasts. All right, this episode was produced by Liam McBain and edited by Jordana Hochman. Thanks to Felipe D. Oropesa for additional scoring help. All right, listeners, I hope you're enjoying the last week of this year. Until Friday, I'm Sam Sanders. We'll talk soon.